Welcome back to the Fireside Bears podcast. I am one of your two hosts, Sam Stevenson. I am back after a uh, two-week hiatus. It has felt like two months since I've recorded a podcast here at Fireside. As Joe said at the pre-show, I'm basically not even part of a team at this point. So, uh, But I am happy to be back, happy to be uh, be talking to you guys, talking to some Bears tonight. Uh, I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Joe Herf. You can follow him on Twitter at Joseph Herf NFL. Follow me on Twitter at Shy Sports Sam. Uh, got a lot of good stuff to talk to you today. Um, a lot of stuff kind of just, you know, the NFL draft's coming up in a month. A lot of question marks with this roster. Uh, Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles spoke to the media this week as well. Uh, before we get into any of this stuff, though, Joe, how's the night? How's the week? How are you doing? I'm good, man. I uh, was looking, you know, with work, we we split up our work by quarters. So I was looking at, like, our calendar and stuff. I can't believe it's already almost April. Like, I feel like these first three months flew by. Maybe it's because the Bears haven't done anything. Maybe because... Work has just been going smoothly, but overall, I'm really excited to see what these next few months unfold, not only with work, but also with uh, with the Bears. Obviously, they have a lot more work to do, so we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but how, how are you doing, Sam? I am uh, about four and a half weeks removed from graduation, which is a little scary to think about, but I'm excited. Uh, I've been doing an internship twice a week, which I'm really, really enjoying, hoping to have a, a conversation with that about a, you know doing that more full term and long term and not having to job hunt in the summer and have some ease of mind but uh trying to keep up as much as i can with bear stuff i haven't been writing and recording as much just because life is busy right now but uh i'm 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 at a weird point with the bears right now i did it i did a twitter thread yesterday about it or monday i guess for those who will be listening to this on wednesday uh kind of just like venting my thoughts a little bit and it was like kind of therapeutic because like I knew I wasn't gonna be able to like put it all down to like one tweet. So I just did this like long worded thread and blurb. Uh, but it's very early on and I'm I'm still cautiously optimistic, I think is the best word to describe how I'm feeling, regarding the bears at least. For sure. Yeah, I'm uh it's hard to be patient right now, but uh actually it's kind of our first point, so we'll get into that. I'm about to say patience is wearing thin, especially for new bears general manager Ryan Poles. So um, the Buffalo Bills matched the Bears offer for uh, offensive guard Ryan Bates. Um, kind of the, the question here, Joe, is Poles being almost too patient at this point? Is it hurting the Bears? We're, we're still only a few weeks in the free agency. The NFL draft's not for another month. But on the other hand, it, it almost seems like time is running out for the new general manager. Now, when we talk about the Bears roster in 2022, you know, I compare it to Poles being left in a forest fire with a fire extinguisher. He, he's doing the best that he can, but it almost feels like he's missed out on some opportunities on, on guys who have signed with teams for pretty cheap, some trades that have gone on in the league that have not been very costly in terms of draft capital. And now that the Bears missed out on a young player like Ryan Bates, the offensive line, there's still a lot of question marks there. So, so do you think he's been almost too patient and is it costing the Bears right now? I would say yes and no for, for those that want the Bears to contend immediately. And I guess you could say for those who want to give Justin Fields the best overall roster for the short term immediately, it's definitely hurting the Bears. But for those who want the Bears to kind of take their time, again, Fields might not be perfectly protected, might not have the perfect weapons, but for those who are okay with that, the patience is still okay. It's just very hard to still keep hopes up 
see that the Bears keep missing out on opportunities. First, it was Ogunjobi with not passing his physical. Um, second, it was seeing these players that Bears fans wanted, like DJ Chark, um, like Taron Armstead, sign with other teams. Hurts. I mean, you you want these guys for your quarterback for the long term, and we're seeing all these guys go off the board, and now it's now we we essentially thought we had Ryan Bates locked up, but reports are coming out of Buffalo that they weren't going to match the offer that essentially was coming out that, and then they signed an off an interior offensive lineman the same day they announced that that they were bringing Bates back. But before they brought him back officially, they signed this interior offensive lineman back to their team, and everyone was thinking, "Oh wow." This is the guy that's going to be basically replacing him. There's no shot he's coming back, right? Well, everybody got spoiled. Everybody got upset that a guy they hadn't known about two weeks ago is now no longer possible for the Bears. But regardless, I think there's even, I mean, I think Bates was more of their like future, let's build around this guy. But there's still better options right now available that I actually just wrote an article about it yesterday, but there's still better options available right now that might not be the long term option like Bates was, but they'll be a good stopgap guy where you can have a guy develop behind him. Basically what Cody Whitehair is right now, because we know Cody Whitehair is not the long-term option at left guard. They're going to draft somebody slash go after an undrafted free agent or a younger guy that can learn behind him. And they're going to have to find somebody like that for right guard too and left tackle and a few other positions as well. But regardless, I think the patience is still fine. It's just hard. It's very frustrating to be this patient and seeing the bears miss on potential moves. Yeah, I think the Ryan Bates, it, it, it was unfortunate when the, the news came out because I think it was more all signs were pointing to it happening. Uh, you had Brad Biggs basically saying, hey, this is probably going to happen. Pretty credentialed Bears reporter. You know, a lot of people within the Bears community are like, oh, we're getting Ryan Bates. And I'm not saying Ryan Bates was like a home run hit signing if they had managed to get him, but he was young, he was productive, and, and ultimately someone who fit into the model of what Ryan Poles wanted. What, what my concern comes from is... I totally understand that this is a, there's a lot of positional groups that need to be addressed in the free agency and the bears just don't have the resources to address all those things. I think the secondary is not going to get much in terms of upgrades. I, I, I think we're going to have kind of a poor secondary again. I, I would not be surprised. Um, I think the fact that the bears are, I, I think banking on drafting a receiver as a number one guy I'm not totally opposed to that, but Byron Pringle, and I'm not going to be able to say his name. I'm going to try my best. Equin, is it Equinemius? Equinemius, say probably. Equinemius. Okay. Close enough. Young players, you know, plenty of potential, but it, it's not, you know, they're not amazing. And they're not, I, I understand, it's not a situation where the Bears are going to sign a Christian Kirk to $21 million a year. And I'm happy they didn't do that. But what I'm more concerned with is not specifically missing out on Bates, but more so it just seems like he's working with more time than he thinks he's working with. At some point, he has to start signing more players. It's just how the NFL works. And obviously the NFL draft, I'm expecting him to make some moves in terms of training down, getting more players. I think most people think that way. And I love that, that he wants to build the roster through the draft. I, I, I think that's a great move. It's worked in the past. Good teams have done that. But the NFL draft, a lot of times, is shooting in the dark. You never know who what players are going to shine. You never know what players are going to simmer out. I mean, I think a great example last year, I don't think anyone thought Khalil Herbert was going to do what he did last year. Six-round pick. I don't think – I didn't think he was going to be anything else other than a special teams guy. Had a pretty solid rookie year when he stepped in for David Montgomery. You're going to find guys like that in the draft, and that's great. I'm just more concerned about 
like Justin Fields. I mean, it's his second year. I understand Poles is entering a situation where Justin Fields' rookie season was pretty much tossed to the side. And I just don't want the kid to get his head taken off this year. Um, I think that probably caused some health concerns in his rookie season, just the amount of times he was getting hit. And I'm just worried right now, currently with the Bears offensive line stands, it's not as good as it was last year. Now, again, it's very early. I want to be patient. I want to be optimistic. I do think that Poles is going to make some moves. And I agree with you, Joe. There are better options right now, even if it's not kind of with the younger signing that Pulse has kind of moved with. Because most of the guys he signed have been 25 and under, I think. I think the oldest guy has been Dakota Dozer, and I think he's 27. So I'm still very optimistic. I'm still very cautiously optimistic. And I still think there's plenty of time to start making more moves. But we got to get on this train. We got to start getting rolling because time is going to run out and he's going to be left with scraps at this point in free agency. Yeah. And I'll kind of add a little bit. I know you were talking about where it's, it's hard to see this offensive line as it is knowing that we're probably need a field skilled and it's definitely still a possibility. And like you said, it's nice to see that he's not going after these older guys. I think I, I, I don't, don't want to say that I'm cautiously optimistic right now. I want to say that I'm like waiting to see the aftermath because what if tomorrow a high end left tackle gets cut? And the Bears go after him and get him on a really cheap deal. That completely changes the scope of everything. So I want to wait until if August comes around and our starting tackles are Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins, that's not good. And I trust me, love Larry Borum. I think he could be a very good swing tackle at the very least in the NFL or a a very solid, like a basically an upgrade to Alex Bars where he can play multiple positions on the offensive line. I think he can be that at the very least. He's not a guy you want to trot out as your starting tackle for your second-year quarterback. Tevin Jenkins playing only four games is not the other guy you want to trot out. You need some experience to tackle. So that can change. I like what you said about getting rookies because that's basically what we have. We have essentially a rookie at right tackle in Tevin Jenkins. We have essentially a rookie quarterback that basically is being reset. And then if we fill those other empty spots like left tackle and right guard with Actual rookies, we're in a lot of trouble and possibly wide receiver one, like you were saying. So, again, I wouldn't say I'm not optimistic. I'm not negative. I'm waiting and can't emphasize that enough because obviously, yes, this sucks right now. Our team right now is absolutely horrendous. And there really is nothing to be proud about for the future outside of Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney and maybe like Roquan Smith. But we still have time. We we still got. four months until literally till August, I believe maybe five. We still have tons of time. People can get cut. People can still get signed. And after June 1st, it's going to change a little bit too. Like with these post June 1st cuts, that are going to happen to other teams, camp cuts, camp bodies are going to be cut. People are going to be brought in. A lot's going to change. So I'm just, again, the patience is like the, the motto. And that's kind of what I'm doing here. I'm just waiting to see what happens and I'm all judged from there. Well, I like that you bring up uh, camp cuts and I like that you bring up rookies because I'm going to kind of bounce to our next point here and and I'm going to go a little bit off the script here. Um, I'm going to kind of move to our next point about talking about the second round of the NFL draft. So the Bears currently are selecting with pick 39 and pick 48. They got pick 48 from trading Khalil Mack a few weeks ago to the Los Angeles Chargers and their first overall selection will be 39. So Joe, let me ask you this. 
knowing the outlook of the roster currently, um, do the Bears have a situation where they potentially double down on the offensive line in round two? A lot of good players are going to be available there at 39 or 48. Or is a wide receiver still in play? Kind of also, again, this is going to depend on how the board falls. We've been doing mock drafts. We've been writing about mock drafts. I mean, I know a lot of Bears fans are really high in George Pickens. I'm still a David Bell guy. Christian Watson's another name that comes up as well. Um, there's been guys like Jahan Dotson who has fallen in some mock drafts and, and other good offensive linemen that are available there as well. So it, knowing the current outlook of the Bears roster right now, looking at the offensive line, kind of what it's pictured at currently today in March, are you doubling down on offensive linemen in round two, or are you still going to take a receiver depending on how the board falls? I'm probably still taking, like you said, how the board falls, but I'm still probably taking a wide receiver at this point. The free agent pool for offensive line still has mid to high level talent at certain positions. Offensive guard alone, there's probably three guys you can go to bat for to be your starting right guard next season and be satisfied with it, like Trey Turner, um, Eric Flowers as well. Both are very solid guys that could be your starting right guard and play the entire season. Uh, the other case, a wide receiver. I can't name a single guy right now that's a free agent wide receiver that I would be comfortable with trotting out there with Mooney and Prinkle. I think Mooney and Pringle are fine. I think you need to go after a guy that you can keep long-term, that Fields can physically connect with in his passes, that he will be there long-term. You can not You can get a stopgap left tackle and a stopgap right guard. A stopgap wide receiver is just going to, I wouldn't say hurt Fields, but he's going to build a connection with his wide receiver that will be gone in a few years. So I, I, I think it'd be not necessarily quote-unquote pointless, but you need to go after a wide receiver early on, especially like you're saying, as the board falls, it's looking out to be that. I mean, these top teams all just two of these top teams just traded wide receivers for first round picks. And that means they're going to reach for a wide receiver in the first round, which more wide receivers are going to fall off the board. You're going to see the Packers and the chiefs likely go after a wide receiver on one of the Packers. Don't that'd be absolutely hilarious that they just keep ignoring it. But I don't see a scenario where they don't, I don't even know what else they could target at this point besides wide receiver, maybe another back quarterback, but you, these guys are going to come off the board pretty quick and we have no idea how it'll shake up, but there's a lot of guys like you were saying that are available that are going to be available in the second and third round that they need to go after early. Like, like you're saying, Christian Watson, I love Alec Pierce, um, Jalen Tolbert, I couldn't remember his name. Jalen Tolbert's another guy I love too. Those guys can all be your big X wide receiver that would complement Mooney perfectly. So I think you need to get that early on. And then I think that what they're going to plan on doing with the offensive line is get these stopgap guys at both left tackle and possibly right guard and then draft like a second, end of the second, end of the third round guy that can develop behind them or even possibly contest them to start. Yeah, I, I think... I always love whenever mock draft season comes around and I, I we post mocks and groups and stuff and people are like, you need to draft more offensive linemen. It's like, okay, well, it, it's not as simple as just drafting five offensive linemen in one mock draft. Like they can't all start, you know, teams have gotten lucky and have drafted two offensive linemen who have been able to start right away. I, I always look at the Chiefs last year getting, uh, getting two guys who have been able to play right away. One being like an all pro player and the other one playing all 16 or 17 games. Like, that's just part of that's luck, honestly. Um, I agree with you. Uh, it, it, it's hard because there's so many roster needs for the Bears that if there's better players available at like linebacker or like even like edge at 39, I'm almost hesitant to be like, oh, I'm going to skip those guys to take like 
the seventh or eighth wide receiver. Um, valid point. Uh, but I just I, I can't justify taking two offensive linemen in the second round. I, I think there's going to be good guys available at 39-48 for the offensive line for sure. But it, it does feel like polls isn't done with the offensive line in free agency. I definitely agree with you. I think they need to bring in somebody at either tackle position. I just think there's decent options available. I do also agree with you. I mentioned earlier, I think there's still good free agent interior guys left as well. What's helpful is that the bears have found what is assuming going to be their, their center in 2022 and Lucas Patrick, which I'm curious to see how that experiment works out. Um, A lot of positive PR around him right now, but we'll see how, you know, when actions actually begin, not just words. Um, But overall, you have two pretty good second round picks. You don't have a first round pick, you don't have a fourth round pick. And you're in a position where you need probably one to two guys who can play right away in this draft class. I would much rather get Justin Fields, potentially a long-term piece at wide receiver, because I know for certain a guy is going to drop in the second round who should have not dropped in the second round. My favorite example of this is recency bias, but Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore should have been a first-round pick last year. He fell in the second round of the New York Jets, absolutely blew up in the scene at the end of the season. He got COVID, which kind of ended that. I'm really excited to see him play in his sophomore year. I would probably take Elijah Moore over a few of these rookie receivers from last year. There is going to be a first-round talent at wide receiver in the second round, and, and I think it would be foolish of the Bears – to not capitalize on that if one of them's available at 39 or 48. But go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I wanted to add one more thing because I love how you touched on it because I was going to if you didn't. But the Chiefs did get two starters in the offensive line last year's draft. And I was actually looking at their draft, pull it up now. It's funny because they got essentially last year, I wouldn't say a quote-unquote all-pro, but a very, very, very high-level inside linebacker with their first pick. And they didn't have a first-round pick, first of all. So they got that. The next pick... In the, in the very end of the second round, they get, like you were saying, a very high-level center in Creed Humphrey. I, I saw that pick, and I knew, absolute steal. I, I was like, how can you stop this Chiefs offense? They, just, they just upgraded their center massively. Then right after that, they you know they go a little bit defense. They draft a tight end as a backup. They draft Cornell Powell as a developmental wide receiver. And then in the sixth round, they get a starting guard. And again, I don't want to believe say, you know, this is all Ryan Poles doing, but Ryan Poles is enormous in the offensive line. That's what he knows. He knows the offensive line very well. That's what he played. That's what he scouts best. He had, I'm guessing, an enormous say in these picks. The fact that he gets a high-level center and a high-level guard, or maybe not high-level, but a very solid guard in the same draft, one of them being in the sixth round, that shows that he trusts his own ability to find these linemen in the later rounds that could possibly start or could test to start right away. And I believe when the Chiefs drafted Humphrey, the, the plan was that they weren't sure what they were going to do. They had Joe Thune already and Austin Blythe, who both had flexibility to play guard and center. So they drafted Humphrey you know, to solidify that. Blythe and, Blythe and um, Thune are now our guards. Then in the sixth round, they get Trey Smith and they say, okay, Trey Smith, go beat out Blythe. And he does. He beats out Blythe. I believe Blythe ended up getting cut or ended up being the backup. I think he's back there. I can't remember. They re-signed someone after they got cut last year. I think it was Blythe. But regardless, Trey Smith took over that position as a sixth-round pick. And Poles found him. A lot of people were high on Trey Smith, thought he was a third-round talent. But that's going to happen in the draft. Poles is going to find these guys in later on for offensive line. Now, again, I'm not guaranteeing it, but 
He obviously has an eye for offensive line, and he most likely had an enormous part in those picks. Yeah, sorry. I was trying to figure out who they re-signed. It was one of those two names. I, I don't remember. I literally couldn't remember Creed Humphrey's name to save my life. And I was so fr- I wanted to say Alex Humphrey, and I knew that wasn't right. And I was so frustrated because I was like, what is his first name? You said Creed. I was like, hit my head on the head there. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm hoping he brings some of that magic um, in terms of the draft. And I mean, if the Bears could could find two rookie players in on the offensive line to play right away this year that'd be fantastic i just don't think you do both of them in the second round but speaking of wide receiver let's get into a little bit uh into that positional group a little bit so currently the bears wide receiver room is not the most inspirational not the best i would argue it's a bottom unit right now outside of darnell mooney that's nothing against byron pringle and all the other guys it's just there's better options right now if you wanted to pick a solid wide receiver room now with the Tyree Kill trade of the Miami Dolphins and them having Jalen Waddle and them signing Cedric Wilson, a name that's popped up in trade rumors uh, is Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker is 29, kind of an inconsistent player, but has shown some really, really nice production for the Dolphins when he's healthy and when he's able to play. His, uh, his contract is pretty team-friendly. He's got about two years left on his deal. Joe, hypothetical here, if Devontae Parker is available, do you trade for him if you're the Chicago Bears? You made the great point that I was going to touch on as to say why we should. He's a very small contract cap hit for the next few seasons. The cap hit for, I believe, 2022 is like very minimal. I, I think 2023, if this is right from spot track, it's $9 million. The fact that you're paying a wide receiver one $9 million and you can extend him, he'll only be 30 at the end of 2023. You can extend him after that. But he does have injury concerns. There is issues there, but the fact that the wide receiver market is either super high or super low right now, he'll be at that low spot. We saw Robert Woods go for what a sixth round pick. We saw who was the other one? Oh no, he went for I think he went for a swapping of picks. I don't even think he went for a pick. And then we saw Amari Cooper go for a sixth round pick, basically. So the fact that these guys are going for low level, obviously Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill are outliers. They are the top two, arguably the top two wide receivers in the NFL. So the fact that Devontae Parker is banged up, that they already added a ton of wide receivers, that puts the Dolphins kind of in a, in a rut. They're, they kind of showed their hand that Devontae Parker is not in their future plans. So because of that, his value is plummeting. And because of that, the Bears should take advantage of that. Why not throw a sixth-round pick at him? You're not going to – maybe you'll find a star wide receiver in the sixth round, but the chance of finding that, like a guy that could be better than Devontae Parker year one to year – five is very minimal. If you go through the past sixth round pick wide receivers, the, I don't think I can't think of anybody off the top of my head in the sixth round at a wide receiver that has been better than Devontae Parker has ever been in any of these years. You can think of some fifth rounders, maybe like Darnell Mooney just had an outstanding year as a fifth round pick. You can think of a few guys like that, but sixth round picks that, that's you're basically taking shots anyway. Why not take a flyer on a guy who's actually proven something, a guy who's gotten a few contracts, a guy that's had some pretty solid seasons. I mean, he was held back early on by Adam Gase. Didn't have any, you know, crazy stats. But once Gase was gone, he kind of had an outstanding year with flip-floppy quarterback between Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Tua does not like Devontae Parker. He must be allergic to him or something. He does not like giving him the ball. I remember there was a game that literally lost me the fantasy football to get to the fantasy football championship because Devontae Parker did not get a single target. And 
Jalen Waddell had 14 targets or like 15 targets, like 13 catches because Devontae Parker did not get a single catch and it was a PPR league. So I don't know what it is. He does not like Devontae Parker for some reason, but send him to a team that could actually use him. And I think he can be like, obviously not a top. He might not be a top 32 wide receiver in the NFL, but he'll be a good guy to compliment with Mooney with his size and his speed. Like he's a guy that's similar to like, I wouldn't obviously not the exact same kind of tell, but very similar to like a Christian Watson. Tall, fast, can high point the ball well, and can beat you deep while also running some nice underneath routes. So it's really funny you bring up the fantasy football thing because my first year I played fantasy football, I won my league because of Devontae Parker. And immediately it was like, this is my guy. And I kind of followed him a lot a little bit. Uh, played at Louisville, which uh, my brother who goes to school there now, like people still like kind of talk about him sometimes. But I, I agree with you all your points. Like Devontae Parker is almost the perfect like bridge wide receiver, if that's even like a term, because he's 29. It's a team friendly deal. He's a free agent in two seasons. You know, you trade for a guy like that. I, I like your point. Maybe you get him for like a six round pick. Maybe it's like Devontae Parker and a pick for Miami. And maybe you entice Miami with like a little bit of a higher round pick because they're not picking until the fourth round. I don't know, but it, it just seems like, again, he's not in the long-term plans. I, I like that you bring that point up. He can be productive. Yes, there's been some inconsistencies. I absolutely agree with that. I don't think he's been able to match his performance of his 2019 season, which his 2019 season was amazing. I just think he hasn't been super healthy. And I mean, the Bears were willing to sign an Allen Robinson who came off an ACL tear. I don't think that should scare Ryan Poles away from bringing in a guy who hasn't been able to field out an entire 16, 17 games. I mean, he played in 10 games last year. I think he had like 600 uh, receiving yards, nothing special, but he's productive and he can be productive. And ultimately I think he would pair really nicely with Mooney's abilities and Mooney's strengths while allowing a potential second, third round rookie to develop in the offense and take a larger role in the offense. Uh, You know, I don't know what the long-term plans are for guys like Byron Pringle, but I'd rather see a guy like Devontae Parker out on the edge for one to two seasons. And again, he's cheap and it clears out cap space that Miami kind of needs because they just threw a lot of money at a lot of positional groups. And they already have had to have conversations about some other players on their team. They've paid a lot. If they can create some cap space and the bears can get a productive receiver, this move makes so much sense. I think the only thing that doesn't make sense with it is the fact that he is on the Older side, again, we talked about it. He's already been in the NFL for, I believe, seven. I think he just finished his seventh season. So that is that doesn't really fit Poles' MO, but it does fit Poles' MO of like, you know, obviously not free agency, but second or third wave guys you can get on a discount that you that you were patient for and that fell, basically fell into your lap. And that's kind of what he is at this point. And like you said, the urgent concerns are huge because – it's, I would say it's different than Al Robinson. Robinson, you know, had an ACL tear, but I am pulling up Devontae Parker's stats now. He's only played one 16-game season. He's had he's never played less than 10 games, so I guess that's a bonus. How many games he's been healthy for in those, like, you know, quote-unquote 10 games? Probably not a lot, but like you said, he had that absolute monster 2019 season when he went for 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. But besides that, I mean, you're still getting, like, solid proven talent like besides that like he's had like he had one really down year under adam gase when he only had 309 yards but besides that i mean he's had 500 750 670 500 793 all solid seasons like 
Those aren't like bad numbers. Those are proven good numbers at consistency. So you're basically guaranteeing yourself a 800 and 900 yard receiver if you take the you know take into effect you know if he plays all 16 games his ceiling is 1200 yards if he plays all 16 games his bare minimum is probably you know 700 yards if he plays all 16 games you're probably going to get somewhere between there 900 800 yards with Mooney going for a thousand sorry you can't thank you for correcting me Sam 17 games you said you've seen all the 16 game seasons like we've had but regardless you're going to see him go for a decent chunk of yards if he stays relatively healthy and. And if he doesn't stay healthy, like you're saying, those games that he misses, that's more time for the rookie to play that you're drafting and to get more looks. So if you de- you draft like a third round, you know, Alec Pierce, developmental wide receiver who needs some work, that's an absolute dream scenario for him. He can be the number three option of these two proven guys. And then, you know, Devontae Parker gets hurt. Darnell Mooney possibly misses some time too. He becomes the number one, number two guy. And he starts to get these looks. He gets the first look from Justin Fields developing that connection for years to come. So again, I, I, I talked about it a little bit ago where I don't want to stop gap wide receiver. This would probably be the exception because he actually is a proven talent that probably still has three to four years left in him. It's not like he's like, he's not Jarvis Landry where he's absolutely worn down and is just a slot guy who's slow and nothing special. So there's definitely, he's definitely the exception. I don't really quote unquote, want a stopgap guy, but you can't say no to this falls in your lap for a sixth round pick. That's completely different. Ultimately, the Dolphins need to create some cap space. They don't have a lot of draft picks this year because of what they had to give up for Tyreek Hill. And like, he's going to be the fourth or fifth guy on that Miami Dolphins team. Like how long until he's requesting a trade? And again, I mean, if the Bears throw out a fifth or sixth round pick, and you only get one season out of him and he's not that productive, he doesn't hurt you against the salary cap in 2023. I mean, he is very, very, very affordable. And ultimately, we all kind of already know that Poles is probably going to trade down once or twice anyway. Why not use one of those picks that you have this year to go get a guy like Devontae Parker who could potentially be very productive in this offense and kind of fit the quote-unquote wide receiver one until you have that true wide receiver one long-term and who knows best case scenario. Like you said, like if he's got three or four more years left in him, like that's three or four more years of having a solid wide receiver one. If Devonte Parker can get anywhere to where he was in 2019, imagine him with like a Christian Watson or an Alec Pierce and a Darnell Mooney, that could be a really, really good wide receiver core potentially. And like that can be exciting. And ultimately it, the last thing I'll say before we move to our next point, unless you have anything else to add to your Joe, Ryan Pohl said that he was going to go get a guy for Justin Fields and he was going to address this wide receiver room. He assigned Byron Pringle, and I'm not even going to try to say his name again because I know I'm going to mess it up. Those are not long-term moves right now. And I love that the Bears are probably going to draft a receiver early. I'm really falling in love with this wide receiver class. I think there's a lot of depth in this wide receiver class, but go get Justin Fields a guy who can play at a high level when he's healthy. Yes. Injury concerns are a little bit alarming, but when this guy is healthy, he can play football and play very, very well. And again, he's very, very, very cheap. So if Poles wants to stick to his words here, he's going to go take and roll the dice on a guy like Devontae Parker. But speaking of Ryan Poles, we're going to talk about Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. Uh, They were down, I think they're in Palm Beach right now for the uh, 
is it general manager's meeting or something like that? I don't know. Head coaches took a picture at one point. You can barely see Matt Eberflus in it. Uh, Matt Rule has looked better is all I'm going to say regarding that picture. Um, but not here to talk about Matt Rule, here to talk about uh, Bears head coach. Uh, Bears, both Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles uh, were able to talk to the media the past kind of day and a half uh, regarding some things. Joe, any reactions, anything specifically you want to talk about really quickly with this? Yeah, so to start, I've kind of said it all offseason, and Iberflus kind of showed what I was thinking the whole time. Eddie Jackson now has a clean slate. That's what he said, quote-unquote, a clean slate. He now gets to reset. He gets a brand-new defensive scheme that's a little different to him, and he has to prove his worth to Matt Iberflus now. Now, can he? Not sure. He doesn't necessarily, I wouldn't say fit, but the fact that Iberflus is looking for these, you know, not, I don't want to knock on any Jackson. All this isn't a knock on him at all, but he wants these dudes that are hard nose, hard working, just grinders. That does not fit Eddie Jackson's MO. Eddie Jackson, I wouldn't call him quote unquote flashy, but he's like more of, you know, the high turnover guy, the guy who's going to make those back end plays that you're really not going to see. He's doesn't really fit that MO, but I'm very interested to see how he takes advantage of this now clean slate because he currently, if he quote unquote doesn't have this clean slate, he is a overpaid safety at this point. He did not live up to his expectations the last two seasons now. And now Iberflus is giving him a chance to redeem himself, saying, okay, the last two years did not matter. 2018 doesn't matter then either, though. I don't care how good you were in 2018. I don't care how bad you were in 2019 and 2020 and 2021. Prove your worth to me this season. You have now you have reset. Let's see what you can do. And I'm really excited to see how he takes advantage of that because I think Eddie Jackson could be an absolute baller in this cover two defense that really depends on having two safeties deep the whole time and just covering because that's what he's best doing is ball hawking and covering deep and reading quarterback's eyes. I'm very excited to see that. So that that's the main one I took away. Also, I just, I love his like, his like little like short quotations. Like I, I know he had the little, I think it was M&M. Yeah, M&M, motor and mean. I just love like, I love cheesy stuff like that. I, I'm, I'm a coach myself, so I like hearing like that kind of stuff. Like, I love that he wants his linemen to be motor and mean. Just he wants players that have a high motor and he wants them to be just mean and nasty, which is what I love on my line too. So I, I love that kind of stuff that he has those little, I forget the other one that he had about, um, about like hard work or whatever during training camp, but he had another one that I just thought was hilarious too. I just love him. I'm I'm trying to think because I know what you're talking about. Um, he he feels to me kind of like the old school kind of coach with like quotes like that, and I I do like that a lot. Um, I think the Bears ultimately are stuck with Eddie Jackson out of the way in 2022, so I'm glad that he at least addressed it, saying he's got a clean slate. My defense, because I absolutely agree. If if he does not perform well this year, like the Bears are probably going to move on from Eddie Jackson next season. I have a funny feeling if he does not play. And again, I do still kind of believe in Eddie Jackson. I actually thought he was fine the second half of the season, but I agree with you. He definitely doesn't fit the, at least what Eberflus is saying he wants his defense to look like, but I still think the guy's a talented player. I still believe he can turn things around. You know, a fresh slate is maybe exactly what he needed and, and we'll see what happens, but I'm going to kind of bring up something that Iberflus talks about with Justin Fields. And then I do want to talk about Ryan Pools a little bit, um, kind of addressing the Larry. Hold on. I pulled it up. Larry. Oh, I don't know how to say it. Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi. I was very close. Um, 
Eberflus mentioned this with Justin Fields, uh, and I'm reading the quote um, from Kevin Fishbane in The Athletic. The development of him for the second year should be a big jump. It should be. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for better technique, better fundamentals, better decision-making, better timing, everything. He's all on board on that. It seems very clear that Eberflus and Fields are on the same page. And that's exciting because it, it felt like with Nagy and Mitch, and, and I know I don't like to, I'm, I'm bringing them up just as a comparison, they were never on the same page. And Mitch made that clear in a recent interview that they were not on the same page. I think our head coach needs to be on the same page with his quarterback. I like that Eberflus wants to be involved with the offense and the defense without kind of being the overshadowing parent that has to be super involved because that's what a head coach should do. Head coach should oversee everything and let his coordinators do their jobs. I like that these two are on the same page because there's definitely things with Justin Fields game that need work. And I'm glad that he was kind of simple. They were like, he's all on board to get better. And I think we all know that about Fields. Fields is a guy who's very quiet in his, in his press conferences, very humble. I like the way he answers questions. And he admits that there's things he needs to work on. He's a very confident player. And, and I'm excited to see kind of how he's been developing. And, you know, he's been working out with Darnell Mooney. I've been seeing the clips on social media. I'm excited. I'm hoping that that chemistry continues to build. Um, so I'm glad that they brought up Justin Fields. I'm excited to see kind of how those two uh, in tandem work together. I'm excited to see how involved Iberflus really is with his development. You know, is he going to rely on people like Luke Getzky to allow Fields to just develop in the second year? Because again, the Bears are in a unique situation. They're kind of rebuilding, retooling, but they have a quarterback on a rookie contract and a quarterback who ceiling, in my opinion, is still pretty high. Um, I like that Ryan Poles kind of talked about, uh, Joe, you're going to have to say his name again. Larry Ogunjobi. Thank you. Um, talking about how he sat in the car with him and basically said, I'm sorry, man, I can't sign you. I like the humility in that. I like the just kind of human element of that. I think that's pretty cool from a GM. And I like that he kind of said that signing him on a shorter deal is not out of the question because if the Bears can bring him in on a cheaper deal, like if his injury is resolved, it's kind of a, kind of a win considering that they signed Justin Jones and some other players. I, I would be excited for that, but I'm not going to get my hopes up on that. I like that Poles is taking accountability for that kind of stuff. I mean, he said about Ryan Bates, it stinks. It does. I mean, I would have liked for the Bears to have gotten Ryan Bates. I don't know how much more Ryan Poles could have been involved with that, but like, I like how Poles and Eberflus have been answering questions from the media. I, I'm not like, I'm all the way bought in on both these guys, but, but overall, I thought the press conferences today were pretty good. I like how open and honest they are. Like it's just refreshing. You're not hearing the word salads from Matt Nagy of just nothingness for 30 minutes. And you're not hearing pace say everything's on the table over and over and over again. Like I like that. Like you said, Paul said it sucks. <laughs> he just said it straight up. Like, yeah, we missed out on Bates. That sucks. Ogan Joby, that hurt. He was saying how he hates that he wasn't able to see medical records until they got him into the building. That sucks. And I do like it. If you brought him back and you had a defensive line of Ogan Joby and Justin Jones, that's a very, very solid, especially since Ogan Joby would come cheaper now. And coming off an injury, you're taking that discount. Sure, it's maybe a one to your deal instead of that three to four year deal, but you get one to two years, one to two years of him cheap. And then at that point, he's already 29. He's not going to come super expensive at that point either. So, and like you're saying, it sucks for Ogan Joby because you want to see a dude win. You want to see him get his money. But it, it's helpful for the Bears with cap. Like, 
I'd love to have him in Chicago, regardless of that injury. Like, sure, he didn't pass that physical, and that sucks. But if he were to come on like a cheap deal once he clears a physical, that'd be outstanding. I literally looked up his pronunciation of his name and I still couldn't figure it out while we were getting ready to do this segment. I literally looked up his name and I still couldn't like figure out what it was. Ogun Joby. Close enough. That was, um, that was the best one yet. Thank you. That was I, good. We should just clip up each part where I mess up his name and just throw that out there as like an audio file. That would be really, really funny, but I'm okay. not going to give you said any ideas, which I already did. Um, Let's get to our last point here, though. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show here. Before we do wrap up the show, though, make sure you go check out Fireside Bears on all our social media platforms at Fireside Bears, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I think we're on TikTok, too. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, and uh, again, uh, check out the YouTube page. Lots of great videos that come out there. Uh, lots of great breakdowns from you said and our guy Max doing a lot of the video content. Uh, but before we wrap up the show, uh, Joe, about a month away from NFL draft. What are some priorities and things that the Bears need to do right now? Um, it's hard to say because, again, you never know who's going to get cut, but I'd like to see at least a stopgap left tackle or right guard be brought in before the draft. So maybe they're going to wait till after the draft because they don't want to tip their hand for the draft. Maybe that's what they're doing. I Hard to read at this point. I kind of like that we can't read it. Not as obvious, but if you got a stopgap, one of those main positions, you know, even corner is a possibility or safety. If you got someone to be one of those guys, possibly even wide receiver, shoot, make a move for Devontae Parker. Just just a move to get a starter at a certain any position that is a need right now would be nice before the draft. But I think trying to get trying to kind of see how you think the the board will fall before the draft starts and making those trades you think are necessary to move back and get more picks. I, I think that's the main priority is just Winning this draft is going to be huge, clearly, by the, the current roster on the Bears. So doing all the research you can for that, maybe that means not signing anybody. I don't know. But they need to win this draft. And I think that's going to be the most important thing this entire offseason. Yeah, I. Uh, it's hard to not just be like sign more players, give us something to talk about a little bit. Um, but I, I would like for polls to address the secondary a little bit more. I, I'm really concerned with this quarterback room. I think Jalen Johnson's solid. Not amazing, solid. I think he's a solid player. I, I think he's going to be a good player for the Bears. Again, I don't think he's like a star per se, but I thought he had a good season last year. thought he had a really good start to the season. I think he struggled in some games, but overall, I really was impressed with his second year. Um, Thomas Graham Jr. had that one game against Minnesota, kind of got a lot of people excited, immediately gets burned by DK Metcalf in the next game, but plays a solid game. I don't think there's enough tape on him. I actually think Eberflus uh mentioned and talked a little bit about Thomas Graham Jr. Uh and the general consensus from Bears beat reporters is that they're not he's not a hundred percent sold on him because he needs to just see him in action. But other than that, this Bears secondary is not great. And they re-signed DeAndre Houston Carson. I love that they did that. I think he's a great special teams player. I think he's really great in some packages. The plan cannot be to draft a corner unless it's unless they're going to try to get someone early. And I just don't think you draft a corner in the second round with how many needs the Bears have right now. I think there's still some decent players available. Um, again, it doesn't need to be someone who plays more than one season. You can prioritize cornerback in free agency next year. There's going to be some good players available. I'm definitely of the opinion that like it seems like an Xavier Rhodes is an option. I'm not overly impressed with his tape, but I think he's a solid kind of just fill that need until we can find a long-term solution. 
if polls is going to do one thing in the next week, if I could pick something to do, it would be to go out into the secondary market and bring in somebody to fill that cornerback slot. At the very least, bring some competition for guys like Kendall Vild or Duke Shelley and Thomas Graham Jr. Yeah, like I know I've talked about it multiple times, but there are multiple different guys you can still go after that, again, none of these guys are world beaters or they're older, but they're guys that can be stopgaps. And I think the corner market is a great spot right now to be in. They, I don't, I don't necessarily agree. Maybe they don't have to go after a guy right away because there's still, like I said, there's still a ton of guys that you can go after that could be stopgaps like AJ Boy, Steven Nelson, um, even possibly bringing back Kyle Fuller. Um, Stefan Kilmore is still somehow a free agent too. Um, Joe Hayden, like Patrick Peterson, Janoris Jenkins, like these are all guys that you can start day one and you're fine. So I think they're fine waiting never, but safety, I definitely agree. Um, if you got Tyron Matthew cheap, that'd be spectacular. I don't think he's going to come cheap, but the safety market isn't as pretty, I would say. So I, I think getting after that would be very important. Yeah. The, the safety market, in my opinion, safety is one of those positions where like, I think you can get a starting safety in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, I really like Tyson Anderson. I really like smoke Monday. I, I think there's going to be, I think the bears are probably going to draft a safety. I think later, but I agree with you. Like, it's not as robust of a market. I think Tyron Matthews is like kind of like a dream at this point, but it would be cool. I mean, I think he's a really good player, and I think he kind of fits what Eberflus is looking for. He has a connection with Poles. I don't know how much legitimacy there is in like him potentially coming to a team like the Bears, who are kind of retooling, versus him signing with a contender. But ultimately, uh, you know, hopefully, some of our requests and our needs will be fulfilled. Uh, because again, it would be great to be able to come back next week, talk about some new guys in the bears, uh, not name, uh, Trevor Simeon, but, uh, that's kind of, kind of wrap up the show here. Uh, I want to thank you guys again, as always for tuning in. I'm happy to be back after taking a couple of weeks off, uh, take a couple of weeks off. And then you got to host a podcast episode the next week. That's just kind of how we roll here at fireside bears. You said, I believe we'll be back next week, but I'm going to confirm that with him. We'll get the whole crew back. Hopefully going to have some more stuff to talk to you guys about. Again, make sure you go check out the podcast episode on all sort of podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, go check it out. Leave a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, We love the criticism. We love the feedback. We love the positive stuff. Let us know how we're doing. And again, go check out all the social media pages. Go follow my co-host, Joe, at Joseph Herb NFL. Got some great stuff coming out with some mock draft articles at Bear Goggles On. Go check me out on Twitter at Shy Sports Sam. You'll probably see a lot of gifts because that's how I communicate most of my reactions to things. That's going to be it from us. Have a great rest of your week and bear down. Bear down.